Hello and welcome back to Lights, Camera and Life. I'm Lady. And it's Franklin. <laughs> so we are back after a short hiatus, but it's good to be back, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, really good, really good. Uh, missed this a bit, to yeah. be honest, yeah, yeah. And it's good to have seen one of the, probably the most talked about films this year. The anticipated film of dun, 2019. Dun, dun. Joker. So forgive me if I accidentally slot the word the in there, but it is just Joker, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So if you haven't seen it by now, that is fair enough. It's actually only been out for a couple of days in the UK. It was released uh, yesterday, not Friday, the yeah. 4th. Uh, that was a UK release anyway. Uh, and it's already garnered a lot of attention, I, I think, yeah. So we're just ready to delve in because we've got a lot to say about this one. Um, the good, the bad and the ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, but as always, if you have any thoughts and you're listening please get involved um, and let us know what you think because we love hearing from you guys. We definitely do. We definitely do. So, how did this film hit you? Um, well, <laughs> you know, um, well, let's get into it. The, the sort of preamble around this film um, was, we started, you know, news was filtering in that at the Venice Film Festival, it received a standing ovation and it had five-star reviews coming from uh, the know-it-alls of film. To be honest, I don't remember the last time I've seen hype like this about a film before it's even come out. It was yeah. it was quite impressive. Well, I I've seen like especially from the sort of festival circuit, yeah. I have seen films that have you know these really important people have all stood up and clapped, and it actually has come out and has lived up to the hype for what it is. Now maybe that gives away what I'm gonna say, mm. um, but it went from that to when it was actually released. There was a lot of backlash that, that, that was off the back of it, um, of it, of its theatrical release. Um, and we'll get into that. And it, it started to have really polarising reviews um, from the critics and then other people who are sort of observers of film uh, and then the general audience. And uh, how did it hit me? Um, I, I don't know. It's, it's quite a complex argument. I can't really summarise that into one word, but... Uh, give us a brief outline of the film and then uh, we can sort of go into our thoughts afterwards. Yeah, I mean, I think based on the trailers, based on all the hype, for want of a better word, most most of us know what this film is about now. Yeah. You know, it's it's an origin story. So yeah. we, we know the character, the Joker, um, from DC Universe. And really, this is a film that goes backwards to look at who who is the person behind this, who who is the ch- person who went through what kind of trauma, childhood traumas, adult traumas, we don't know, mm-hmm. to become the Joker. So it's really a look at the life of Arthur Fleck, who is eventually the person that becomes the Joker. Yeah. And really we... it's into, Rather than talking about the plot, is in A to B to C happens, it's more how is Arthur Fleck going about his daily life? What things have shaped him? What things is he going through? What state of mind is he in? And for me, that's how I would summarise the film. Mm. Um, and everything else was a little bit, you know, exterior and, and just on the outside in terms of the fact that it's set in, you know, 70s, 80s, mm-hmm. um, Gotham City, yeah. um, some of the political unrest that's going on at the time to mm-hmm. do with problems such as garbage strikes. Tell me a time there's never political unrest <laughs> yeah, but this in the is, history this of is man. This is just a typical day. If you pick up any <laughs> newspaper in any time, these things are happening. So it, it really was meant to be focusing on the mind and the life of Arthur Fleck, really. Yeah. So allow me to beat around the bush um, with regards to what we're going to be talking about. You are uh, loud. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you. Um, so it was directed by Todd Phillips, um, who, um, if you don't know him, uh, in 2009 came up with the, I would say, 
quite a big it was a it was a big thing at the time when it came out the hangover hangover yeah, yeah. i think it's um it's it's a it's i almost want to call it a particular genre it's almost like a frat boy mm. coming of age even though you're already of age even though you're already of age <laughs> and you development of a relationship because of the madness you've yeah. put the whole world around you through yeah. <laughs> kind and, of and then genre a glimpse into mike tyson <laughs> yeah just like, but it was fun yeah. and that's why everyone loved it yeah. so 2009 hangover and also 2003 old school now uh, the writers for it as well is todd phillips including uh well including todd phillips and also scott silver um in the cast you have the amazing one of my favorite actors uh, ever Joaquin Phoenix, mm-hmm. yep, who plays Arthur Fleck, Robert De Niro as uh, Murray Franklin, Zazie Beetz, Francis Conroy, and um, also Brett Cullen. Obviously, these are the main sort of major players within the film. Um, it's it's it, how do I put it? Um, knowing Todd Phillips, I I didn't actually sort of recognise or remember that he was the one that did those films after I did my research after the mm-hmm. after watching Joker that I realised that. So it's, you went in with a pretty clean clean sort of i had no projection of you know like for example when um you know i tell you oh this film's made by denny villeneuve you were a bit quiet on this one yeah i was (laughs) and i'm like it's gonna be awesome and like when we watched roma and i know quaron's gonna make a masterpiece and a lot of time i'm vindicated and a lot of time it's all you know it was the same thing with it was a good thing that when i went into the favorite i guess that actually backfired because with the favorite i didn't take it I took it as a serious period drama, but if I knew it was made by Lamphanos, then I would have realised that actually it's quite a, a, a distinct take on that and mm, actually a parody. Exactly. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is I didn't know that Todd Phillips was going to make it because I didn't think someone, the, the, the director who made uh, Hangover or Old School, would be able to encapsulate a film that was being described as the next taxi driver. Mm. So I went into it off the back of, oh my God, it's going to be the next taxi driver. Yeah. But I created a whole new hype yeah. for myself. Yeah. And I, it was to the detriment of Don't the viewing. Don't the hype, kids. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know, I know. But I think, he, I think Todd Phillips has said a few interesting things in, in the media about how he went from making comedies like The Hangover to a film like this. And I think, you know, in terms of the hype, which I, I'm going to have said the word hype about a thousand times mm-hmm. by the end of this. Next time! <laughs> I think that part of the hype around that was the fact that he's, he's said quite controversial things, such as, you know, making comedies like The Hangover is, is tricky and not nice anymore because of the, in brackets, woke culture that we're living in at the moment. So um, I think statements like that already set up the film for an interesting so he take. decides to make a, mo- a, a movie that basically in- encapsulates walk 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 uh <laughs> walk walk um work culture well I, I i mean i can't speak for him i don't know if he was saying quite that or just you know that that genre he's taken a step away from for a particular reason mm-hmm. and he's he's wanted to have a way of approaching films with a slight sense of irreverence and, and, and that's how he's, he's stumbled, not stumbled, but has entered. Into making films yeah. like... Okay. Yeah. Uh, a, I thought that was quite interesting. Okay, okay. Well, listen, I... It goes without saying, Joker's one of the most iconic villains of all time. Um, one of the reasons why is because it, he is the arch, uh, arch nemesis of, of Batman, who mm. is probably the most famous superhero of all time, um, followed by Superman and all of that. Um, what I would say is the, the Joker is, is a perfect character that it will encapsulate or sort of, how do I put this? It 
he will be loved because he's so complex. He is the anti-hero who provides entertainment, but at the same time poses a lot of philosophical uh, um, uh, sort of questions that you can debate end on end. Dark Knight obviously is is a one in, in a lifetime type film. Uh, Heath Ledger's portrayal of it was was quite frankly perfect for me. So but I, th- I think we have to remember that this film isn't meant to be about the Joker per se. It's meant to be about how did Arthur Fleck become the Joker? No, and, 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 yeah, and I was going to go back to that. And you're you're completely right. But what I was trying to say is um, the hype around the film will be inevitably really, really high and too much because the Joker. Uh, For people who... You don't even have to be a comic book nerd to know that the Joker is an important character. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm proud to not be a comic book nerd. I haven't been brought up on those films, really. You know, I have seen The Dark Knight a couple of... (laughs) I'm proud. I'm proud of who I am. What what are you trying to say about (laughs) the people who were brought up on it? Absolutely. No, I'm I'm very happy for all of those people, including you, who were brought up on it. But you see what I'm doing here? This, this this, This is the problem with these sort of films. But anyway, carry on. You know, the point I was simply making which I've definitely forgotten now is that um I went into that film as someone who this the kind of hype that was around this film could go over my head because I know that the Joker is a key character I've seen the Dark Knight I know oh, I, I know about mean, him yeah. but yeah. I, I was never going to get drawn into that hype because I, I'm not really a, a, a Marvel or DC person and this is where and thank you for saying that because I am mm. Um, to an extent. I think uh, our listeners might know that. But yeah, well, I know, <laughs> based on I know. previous podcasts. God, they must think I'm I'm such a loser. <laughs> anyway, um, but it's it's just you'd have no expectations, so you'll see it for what it really I is. I had expectations in the sense that I'm like, wow, you know, people are really talking about this film. You know, we know that Joaquin Phoenix is is a great actor. So, and you could see from you know the early trailers that he'd really gone to town in terms of embodying someone who was troubled and you know portraying elements of mental illness so there was some hype don't get me wrong when i'm hearing that a film which like this which was kind of destined to be a hollywood blockbusters winning a venice um film festival golden lion that's quite unusual so you know the hype was there but it maybe didn't draw me in yeah in the way that it probably would if for me and that's what i was trying to explain that it wasn't just from the you know the the sort of media hype it was Mm. more from oh my God, this is such a great character because he's so complex and has so many layers. They're actually making um, an origin story Mm. of this great, great, this guy. (laughs) So I thought, and then then they just hit me with that article. It's the next taxi driver. Funnily enough, a couple of months ago, I introduced you to taxi driver. You know how unnerving that film was as a master? I recommend taxi driver for anyone who may be identifies as me is not necessarily being the first genre I would pick if I was forced to pick um but Taxi Driver was a real <laughs> real eye-opening film I think a very classic film it's a classic film um, that scores eight Martin Scorsese I don't think Scorsese. there's enough films out there these days that leave you just feeling um just rattled yeah. and unnerved yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. like it basically what this film was trying to be but anyway um I just thought oh my god this is going to be not only is it dealing with a man it's dealing with the sort of hyper-realistic um, sort of vicinity of a superhero mm. villain. So not only do, are they just dealing with normal mental health problems, mm. they're going to be dealing with someone who has the capacity to destroy a whole city yeah. and toy with one of its one of the, its vigilantes. I was just like the 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 the, cap- the possibilities are <laughs> endless. Like, you know, I'm turning to the Joker I myself. You were about to do the laugh, and I was like, is he? Is he? <laughs> 
tempting. But, um, Do you think we can get through the whole recording without doing that laugh? I think so. <laughs> I think you can. I don't know. I don't trust can. myself. Okay, let's yeah. see how we get on. So, um, uh, so what I was saying, just to bring it to, to an end, is um, I just thought the possibilities were endless for, um, for this film to really dig into the mind of the most iconic villain of all time and um, not just that because of the advances in technology of filmmaking uh, the already well-trodden path of what um you know the joker uh, joker films have already laid before us that this just could not go wrong i don't know that is my is my, you know i watching it we've watched it twice in two days now um i'm gonna leave it to you go go to town with how you really felt about it I, I want to start with what I don't like about it okay, and then and then move to the things that I do like because okay. there, there's a bit of both, you know, I think that it was, in terms of what I didn't like, for, I have to say to talk about the trailer because I, I was actually genuinely upset okay, about, go on. about halfway through I'm the film. I'm upset. <laughs> I almost stood up in a sense, I'm upset right now <laughs> because the trailer was just, it just gave too much away and I, halfway through the film... I literally thought, why do I have this feeling of, like, unreal, like, intense familiarity about the whole film? I was like, because the trailer's given away, like, so many scenes. All the that iconic were quite, scenes in the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought, God, like, these these are good scenes, but I, it's just a shame that I'm seeing them kind of for the second time. And, and not even the second time, because of all the hype, I've probably watched, watched the, the trailer, trailer three or four times. Made, yeah. I've probably <laughs> made you watch it at least three times. <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> and so it, I just felt a little bit gutted that there wasn't much more beyond the trailers and mm-hmm. I just thought, oh, what's the point in that? Like, you, you shouldn't, for a film that is going to be as big as it is, you mm. should, they shouldn't have done that in my opinion. Yeah. So that's one thing I didn't like, but that's, I guess that's not really me commenting about the film, is it? Um, I think, I don't know, I think that this film was trying to, to really portray what Arthur Fleck's life is like as someone who is suffering a mental illness and, and how that in some way shapes him and shapes how he lives in the future as the joker and mm. in some ways i thought it was very you know on the money and i'm not trying to pretend that i'm in any way more qualified than the next person to say what is an accurate depiction of mental illness but i think as people who um watch films as human beings those of us who have encountered mental health in one way shape or another you kind of know when it hits you the depiction and you know when it doesn't it's unnerving I, yeah and it's I, I think yeah. that um, the best thing about this film that depicted someone and someone going through the turmoils of, of mental health problems like like this was basically Joaquin Phoenix's acting. I think that was the best thing and the only thing they did well. I mm. think that some of it was a little bit, you know, using mental health just to tell a particular story and put yeah. the plot together to fit a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that you have to be careful when you're doing those things because it, it can it can give an inaccurate depiction of what it is like to have a mental health condition, you know. Mm. I I really focused in on the, the little card he was always giving out about having a neurological condition. Like Tourette's, where he has to laugh at yeah, him when he was on... Yeah, and, 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 and I, yeah. Just, I just thought... Tourette you know, that's, of laughter. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's very interesting, if that's, if that's the way of explaining why the Joker has this this laugh but I, I also felt precisely little... I, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt but I thought that that's quite you know when films get it right with a little mm. clever thing they do mm. where it's like 
oh, that explains why. That's why he does that. You know, and maybe the Joker doesn't even find what he's doing funny, mm. but he just laughs yeah. because that's what, and I, I like that. Yeah, so I'm sorry, I, I liked it, but I also thought the bit where it seemed to always be triggered by him being stressed and upset about a situation, I thought that was actually a little bit unrealistic. And I, from the little I understand about people who genuinely have this condition, it's not always that congruent. It's not, oh, I'm stressed and upset, therefore I'm going to start laughing mm. uncontrollably so i just i thought it was at times a little bit unfair in terms of how they were depicting it it's a film um, at the end but of it's the day a film, isn't it? Yeah, yeah and at the end of the day gotham city isn't real and we don't know how well, much so... <laughs> stop it it's not real <laughs> stop it <laughs> <laughs> oh i always did the laugh there just just to add to it um so yeah, that's that's one thing I just thought, yeah, that that could have been better, but it it was saved by Joaquin Phoenix's acting, you yeah. know, because I I thought he was quite brilliant personally. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that I really didn't like? What about you? Um. So I'm. I, what I would say, let let's nerd out a bit. I would say that don't go into it thinking that they stick closely to any previous comic book origin or origin comic book origin material that you know of talking about you know of any of the comics that have come out from the 50s 60s you know there have been reimaginations of what exactly the the origin of the of, of, of the joker really is from falling into a vat of chemicals to him being the uh, leader of a red mob gang um, to him being a failed comedian um, who lost his 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 wife and son or unborn son or child um, which led to him snapping now the only part that i'd say that is put into this is he wants to be a comedian mm. yeah um they've gone into it and spoiler alert please i would always say please watch it before coming to our yeah. our our, uh, our podcast because we will give away spoilers apologies if you haven't but you know go away and, and watch it and come back <laughs> go away yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go. <laughs> now shoot um Which but <laughs> But it's 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 it, the failed comedian part is definitely. Put, I wouldn't put failed comedian. He's just an aspiring comedian who, it's it, 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 the jury's out on whether you find him funny or not. Do you know what I mean? So there's that part, and um, you know, with regards to what he has, um, it, from from the comic books and a lot of the fiction the depictions, uh, it's events that drive him insane. With this film, he already comes with. Yeah, Pre- he'd just been released from from an asylum. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And then you see that it's a result of a quite a traumatic childhood, which I think has been referenced by some of the um, uh, some of the um, uh, earlier sort of literature on the Joker. Now, what I really like about this film is um, you do see, which I think is a circle of what the Joker really is. It goes from a mentally ill loner um, who then becomes a mischievous clown, or a fil- or, co- or comedian to a psychopathic killer mm. and back to a mentally ill loner mm. who then becomes a mischievous clown or a comedian to a psychopathic kill- killer. If you watch The Joker, he, those are the sequence of events he always goes to. Mm. He, you know, he, he goes back to a state where he's alone again or he's alone, things build up, mm. he starts to make jokes, he, that incites him to do something because people don't quite understand him and he goes back. And I think that cycle is very much portrayed in this film. I thought that that was, that was done really, really well. Um, with regards to what I liked about this film, you've mentioned it. Joaquin Phoenix is one of my favourite actors simply because of his intensity. I remember uh, the last film I saw with him 
was um, I went with my cousin uh, to the Everyman in in uh, in Canary Wharf, um, actually, and we saw uh, You Were Never Really Here, which I really that's made by Lynn Ramsey, who was a former protege of Lars Van Trier. For those of you who know Lars Van Trier, you know films like Nymphomaniac, and I think he might have done The Human Centipede, but um, she she really brought around a visceral depiction of a man suffering from childhood trauma. Joaquin Phoenix plays anyone who's traumatised and intense and just troubled in such a great way. So I knew mm. when he was picked for this role, um, he would not, he would do a great job. Other films that I really say that you, I would really advise uh, people to watch is The Master. Uh, I've obviously mentioned You Were Never Really Here. Yeah. Inherent Vice and Johnny Cash, where he plays, well, he played, it's a film called Walk the Line, where he plays Johnny Cash. Now, um, his laughter, I think, yeah, as, as much as it's going to be the thing that a lot of people remember the film by, it's amazing, you know. Yeah. When he uh, leaves the room, when uh, he, he's told that his boss um, uh, is looking for him, you know, <laughs> yeah. and he's like, <laughs> and then he turns a corner and, and just, he's done. He's done. And you're like, oh, perfect. It's, it is brilliant, isn't it? I think, I think with, with these particular laughs and these these quirks that a, a villain has you you always it's a careful line where you you know you won't really know until it's out in the big screen was that too much <laughs> like until yeah. it's out there for everyone to see yeah i can imagine as an actor and a, and a director or producer you're like have we overdone it or, or not and you won't know until you get people exactly yeah. and i'm just thinking back to um completely different film but do you remember us by jordan peele yeah and um lupita's kind of evil villain yeah her doppelganger really yeah yeah laughing it didn't go down well for a lot of people. yeah yeah kind of rusty older people. rusty yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but i think that it's with a lot of whatever you produce as for mass consumption in terms mm. of visual media or you know films music i think that you do the way our minds work we do need a trademark that we remember it by yeah and with bane in dark knight rises yeah. it was his oh, <laughs> I'm back to you, the people. <laughs> you know and that was the, the biggest thing of like that's what people kept, came yeah. out of how bane spoke yeah. with this people are gonna come out like <laughs> see I, I can help yeah. myself it's like it i think he i think he knew when to rein it in and he knew when to and it was it was done it was done perfectly yeah 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 so going back to what i was saying um his his situation with his mum i think was depicted well that really dirty grimy apartment in what is quite a grimy hyper realistic city Mm. which is supposed to 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 sort of equate to 1970s new york Mm. maybe the the more rundown areas of it Mm. that was depicted well um i i think that um, his general state of life was 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 portrayed quite well um, in terms of a bit forced. I don't know if anyone has that sequence of events happen so quickly in such succession to one person, mm. you know, like kids whacking you with, you know, your, your own losing your job and all taking. The, I don't know, but it serves its purpose. Well, you could see how that could drive someone who's already on the edge. It managed it managed to evoke some empathy from me, which, you know, I think if you. I don't know how many people thought they would go in seeing Joker movie and expect to empathise with this person who is, you know, by the end of it, just carrying out evil acts, really. You know? But it didn't with me. And you, that, you didn't... I you didn't, didn't feel... Because, and do you know why? It's not because they didn't do it well. It's because I actually wanted... Because I know what Arthur Fleck's going to become. Mm. And I find the me- the uh, the sort of end product of Arthur Fleck, the more interesting part of it. Mm. I liked... I thought, okay, let's get all this... Um, 
difficult upbringing and difficult state of life done so we can get to the Joker kind of thing. And that's my fault because I, it's you just thought so... you would see more Joker than more no, than, than not, Arthur Fleck? No, it's just the fact that, uh, in a way, yes, mm. but in a way, no. Mm. And I know that sounds like rubbish, but what I'm trying to say is because there's just so much information on the Joker, there have been so many films on who he is and what he's about and I find him as the end product of Arthur Fleck so interesting mm. that I just never really it never hit me when something happened to him because I thought yeah that does have to happen for us to get to yeah. the Joker yeah. if that makes sense so yeah. that empathy that feeling of man I really feel for this guy I was more like bro hurry up so you can deal with these guys <laughs> <laughs> Like I yeah I can't wait till you you've got your retribution and then yeah. it, it takes away from actually sitting down and have and 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 committing to the character study of 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 uh, of, of what the, of what Arthur Fleck goes through now um again what I I I like and hate it's uh it's it's very reminiscent of Taxi Driver the sort of cinematic landscape that Scorsese played in 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 terms of that nighttime driving through a decadent mm. city mm. um that's that's very much evoked here uh, de niro's part in king of comedy um that's you know over, it's not even subtle how yeah. that's that's I was, based I really enjoyed seeing robert de niro yeah talk to me about what you thought about robert I just I just loved his the way he played his character it was if if you had to imagine what a you know prime time TV presenter on a kind of what's the word for those shows It's kind of just general entertainment yeah show, you know? yeah he he embodied that he, so yeah, well was, yeah. <laughs> from the minute that opening song finished with that big trumpet note or saxophone note and he just stuck his hands out in that dance yeah and, and he's like, like yes yeah. he's arrived <laughs> and I yeah I I just really liked what how he played it and you know I remember we were talking the other day about how how much he intended to take the mick out of um Arthur Fleck as a person and whether he genuinely liked him or cared for him or not and mm. he kind of towed the line a little bit so you always wondered what he, and that's a great point you raised there because I thought he could have easily been a caricature where in front of a crowd he's charismatic he's mm. smooth mm. he's happy but then behind closed doors he's actually quite a a, 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 horrible, a person, horrible person yeah. but he he was actually really normal yeah yeah i mean obviously some of the the stuff that was de de depicted on screen were hallucinations mm. uh, but then the other parts which i don't know whether you know the jury's out i'll let you talk about that later mm. um he was he seemed like a nice guy he gave arthur a chance when he actually came to the, the you know the, the the dressing room he seemed pretty normal with him. He seemed to, you know, go with all of his demands. Demands, yeah. It was like, a, you know, when he said, I want to be introduced as a Joker. Yeah. And he was just like, and he was just like okay, yeah, yeah, whatever. Why not? Yeah, it was yeah. his assistant that was actually trying to be in the dickhead, really, yeah. in that yeah. sense. But um, it was it was just really, really, um, it was really interesting with regards to it. But going back to Phoenix's performance, he loses a lot of weight for this scene. He's very gaunt. His body contortions depict a man who is just not just physically fragile but also well not not just mentally fragile but seems to be on the cusp of being physically fragile mm, as well mm. his mum even mentions it in in one scene um he never he never eats he never probably, eats yeah you never really but, yeah that's that's probably very representative of someone who's going through a mental crisis that yeah. you know things like food was weren't on his agenda it was more just getting through the day being so deeply unhappy and and angry as well and mm. Yeah, I, I thought that was that was really representative of, of what I'd assume would happen if you were that troubled by your mental health, really. Yeah, he embodies fragility, 
someone suffering from obviously a mental illness. And um, I have to say, it's it's one of those things that I don't like it when films um, use the vehicle of mental illness to 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 sort of explain everything about a, a anti-hero. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's like it's more complex than that. But I do think that when you get an actor like Joaquin Phoenix, mm. he does it so accurately there's an intensity to the performance that you feel that this guy's actually trying to to channel something in there and we all know you know from reports you know that his brother uh, died of an overdose and he was he had to call 911 so mm. i think there's a there's an element of pain in there so i think that, that it's not just for the sake of art he, it's art there's drawing on real in, yeah real yeah, inspiration assume, yeah. so in my eyes that's that, that that's authentic so um yeah i uh, the performance as you said is probably the best thing about this movie i love the soundtrack okay i, I really did go on. did you like it uh, i like so <laughs> we, we we were talking <laughs> we were talking about um we were talking about this when we were done weren't we and yeah. i said i said i knew you're gonna love all those 60s and 70s and possibly even before type but when you play it back, it not just the contemporary songs, but the the classical score as well. I thought was was actually very, very, very. It was just so well placed, and it was, you know, you from from the music, it painted his mood. Like you know, when there were times when he would be charging oh, down the street, yeah, not yeah. even running, because yeah. he was always running, but not even the times. Like I think there was a particular score they were playing when he was soaked in the rain going yeah, home. Yeah, yeah, and it was just like someone painting his mind but through yeah, music and yeah. I just thought wow this is this you've is actually amazing. do you know what you just describing it like that has changed my mind um <laughs> <laughs> it's I, I see what you mean it's like because I, I I struggled to find that balance because you know I said I like the more classical mm. the classical mm. scores the more moody when he's walking up the stairs mm. after I think he's lost his job yeah that, I, I like that part but when the music combined with that never-ending staircase of stairs that he had to climb, that he had to climb just, up it just looks so painful at the end exactly of the but then then when he would go into his manic state mm. they would play the and just the yeah. for me those contemporary songs the ones that they chose were it wasn't just the lyrics some of the lyrics just seemed to fit well and when you listen to things like you know Sinatra's That's Life you the irony of the music you know of the lyrics is like oh you know this is actually a very good song choice but it was it had this punch to it that yeah, you know, those songs yeah, he chose yeah, that yeah. Seemed to fit his his dancing and I I loved it. His dancing is another like the, Who knew Joaquin Phoenix could dance so well? well it, it was <laughs> a, a lot of it was in slow motion. I think anyone dancing, don't, don't if you take, take it in slow, down. I'm not taking him down. I just it's not even. I don't care whether he can dance or not. I just like. Um, when for me it, that the dancing scenes represented a freedom, a, freedom a, but a romanticize a, a romanticization, if I've said that word correctly, of a feeling of true madness. Mm. When he danced after shooting those three men, sorry, mm. that's another spoiler uh, uh, that <laughs> yeah. I've just dropped in there, but that was just kind of like, is that, that's the last thing you would do, but that's a man truly expressing how this is painful, but in a very strange mm. way. So that that's what I got from that. Whether he was doing it well or not, I didn't really care. It's just, this is true madness. But it, it was just, it was so... Not because it was technically good dancing, but it was it was such all encompassing dancing and such freedom, and you, it just it just really caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting it. And if if you asked me to imagine how the Joker would dance, it, he just nailed it so well. So know. not just the dancing, Joaquin Phoenix also nailed the walking. 
Yeah, and the running. And the running. It, <laughs> there was a weird kind of like, I'm running, but this is all a joke. Yeah. yeah I, I'm running. I will get away from you. But remember, this is not yeah. actually that serious. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, and it was he, brilliant. I loved it. I thought when he made the complete transformation, mm. um, the costume design was great. Was he yeah. looked just the part. Yeah. The makeup design as well was brilliant. Yeah. He, um, what was it my, my cousin said after? <laughs> When we we went to see it for the first on the first day it was released and you know we were all just outside the cinema just digesting what we had just been through as yeah. as a group as probably you know a cinematic experience and I think your cousin said I think the direct quote was I found him surprisingly hot once he'd become the Joker <laughs> and it was so hilarious but I just knew exactly what she meant that he he went from this awkward insecure loner guy who the best way he could chat up someone he was interested in was to imitate shooting them himself yeah. in the head. Well, she, she did do it first. Yeah. Um, to, you know, strutting and swaggering yeah. and twirling he, he down just completely, steps. He was buckling. so confident in who he really was. And yeah. Yeah, I guess yeah. I, I understand, but that was quite, that was quite funny. <laughs> yeah, it was just a funny way of describing how assured he was about himself when he finally transformed into the Joker. And I just, again, I think the soundtrack just kind of crescendoed in the right place right. to show good, to show, good word yeah thank you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to show what he'd become really yeah, yeah it was it was brilliant i mean what what am i or what are we saying um the depiction of the joker as a character i found to be a nine out of ten and i hate giving these i keep saying it but i do it um it was the per- it was the best part of the film now where do i have problems with this film um there's a classic in here mm it had all the ingredients for to be the next taxi driver in my opinion but it just did not carry that punch that i thought i, I that i wanted that i got after watching a dark knight now i know what you're going to say this was the this is an or, an origin story for arthur fleck becoming the joker what i was actually going to say yeah. was i i think the reason why that is the case is because there are parts of it that were just a little bit confused okay and i think that's where the rather than like digging deep for the bits that were already quite golden it kind of started to concentrate on adding plot lines that didn't really make precisely sense. yeah yeah and and you're you're so right it was more if you took away the joker and mm. those intense scenes that depicted him as unhinged and troubled and all of that mm. everything else was pretty much boring um and and, and not that it, it has to be because we're focusing on him but it's your fault for introducing these plot lines. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, I thought that there were certain things that weren't developed properly and could have really added to um, how mad Arthur Fleck really was. For example, the, what what we we got to know was in an imaginary relationship with his neighbour, mm. um, uh, Sophie Dumont, who they actually don't call her. her she, no one calls her Sophie during the whole film. But in a way, that that is probably a sign, didn't you? Didn't we realise that, 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 yeah, that was imagined? Yeah, that was imagined, yeah. That's so yeah. true. And um, um, that's actually played by Zazie Beetz, who um, featured in um, Atlanta. It's a TV series, so check that out. She's up and coming, I think. Um, yeah, th- th- there was that. Um, I, I feel that in terms of... Yeah, you took away everything from it and or you you strip it down mm. it, the, the the line with the detectives meant real nothing really mm. um him i just no, i didn't find anything else outside of this man on his own in his room falling to pieces interesting and i know it doesn't have to be but as a film you it, it this is where i thought this is why it's not a classic because if they had just focused on him 
mm-hmm. his mental turmoil, these lone moments where you're seeing the character transformation, mm-hmm. perhaps going a bit deeper into the um, sort of ima- imagined relationship and maybe his sexual preferences. Mm-hmm. I know it's a 15, but you can start to delve into mm-hmm. that a bit more as, as to what does this man like to do with whoever he in his head thinks he will get as a partner Mm. what type of boyfriend would he have been Mm. to this girl Mm. and that gives you an even deeper um look into his mind that could have been explored Mm. his relationship with his mum that i think a conversation as to what what because you know we essentially i think what was what was such a missed opportunity is the fact that they they make these little hints that more than what we know he imagined could have been imagined mm-hmm. and so yeah. there's other bits that he may well have been delusional or hallucinating about but we'll, we'll never really know mm-hmm. which yeah. could, he, could, he could have delved into you know this this thing of bruce wayne um oh yeah sh- not bruce wayne sorry thomas, thomas wayne, wayne yeah, yeah um being his dad and whether that's got any truth at all or mm-hmm. whether his mom truly was completely delusional about it mm-hmm. you know um it just a conversation between the two of them would have been interesting. You yeah, know? And, yeah. Um, I've read really interesting theories about him, 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 imagining this scene where his his mum's being told about all of the awful things that mm. happened mm. under her watch with him. You know mm. whether actually that was him listening to his own diagnosis mm-hmm. rather than his mum's. You know because of how how would he have been in the room when that was happening anyway? Yeah, just yeah. just really interesting things that that could have been you know concentrated on more rather than. I guess everything past him shooting Murray Franklin in, exactly, in the head, yeah, in the head yeah. was, was a little bit... In which the... Di- and that leads me on to what I was going to say. The dialogue's on the nose. I don't, didn't find it, com- you know, uh, compelling in any way. It was just A to B to C to D to E uh, to F to G all the way to Z. It was, there was just <laughs> nothing that I didn't know was going to be said. Um, it, there's... The biggest problem for me is the ideological mishmash mm. um, of ideas, with obviously ideological. We just um, want more of Arthur Fleck, basically. Yeah, it was trying to be anti-capitalist, almost populist in its rhetoric, talking about inequality of society, we've killed the rich, we blah, blah, blah. Um, also, the slight mention of mental illness when Arthur Fleck was trying to get medical record, records of his mum. He had that brief dialogue with the clerk and was saying, well, how do people even get in here? Mm. And that was them trying to make a little explanation of what gets people into asylums and, 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 and it, it just what are you trying to say is mm. you're it was a very I, i'm gonna pick everything that i think is the lowest hanging fruit in terms of societal problems and give very lazy explanations and arguments on and then shoehorn it into the psyche of 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 of, mm. of 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 a mentally ill person to kind of then give the ma- the people who stand on the liberal point uh, uh, side of things empathy for him mm. but all you you don't have to do that mm. you know you because people love the joker anyway and this is why people always return to heath ledger's joker as the man without a motive is more interesting because he's invulnerable if that makes sense yeah and that's that's what i felt that brought it down for me in that sense um also i i don't think for people who are saying this film incites violence i don't think so i think that the joker has always been this type of this is his character the timing might be wrong yeah it's it's about the timing and the fact that these people are out there regardless of whether this film is made or not and if there's someone out there who's looking for a trigger or a, a motive then this could be one alongside lots of other things that could exactly be a yeah um, so I understand where that argument comes from, but I think we have to be realistic as well. Yeah, you know? art imitates life. Mm. So we, we've got that. Um, as I said, you deconstruct this film, take away Joker from everything. I think it's quite mediocre. 
it looks great. You know, I love the, the gritty, gritty, grimy nature of everything. Dustbins look great and everything. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. You know. I enjoyed it. And I think the thing that made me enjoy it was, was mainly um, Joaquin Phoenix's performance. But it was, it was good enough that I, I can say, actually, I left and enjoyed it. And he had some really subtle scenes that just wowed, wowed me a yeah, little bit. And, definitely. You know, what was your favourite scene? Um, the, well, my favorite scene was when he, um, the, the, before he went onto the Murray show and he was <laughs> yeah. practicing. I found that so him. weirdly intense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really liked this one moment where, again, I think the soundtrack was just perfect for his mind and he was just in the lift, just in his head again. In his head, yeah. And he just had this one facial twitch yeah. that was so subtle, but it just, it just was so, it was just so insightful into what this man is going through. And yeah, I just, I thought moments like that were, were brilliant and would make me watch it again at some yeah. point just to see those again. So I, this is where I end. I think on, the film failed to create the next Taxi Driver for me. What would have been this generation's Taxi Driver would have been a stripped down, visceral representation of a narcissistic, mentally ill patient or man, you know, or person who basically will latch on to any generalization of the world to validate their own views. And that's what I thought. And then from that, people are, people aren't stupid. They will create the connections to how it, that's relevant to our world. It was more about seeing it that he is not rational. So therefore the way he's seeing things, that he isn't the way society is. And to shoehorn all these ideas about what you think the world is, is kind of irresponsible. I think what this film really should have been talking about is society's uh, fascination with the anti-hero mm. um, and a, a, a criminal. Because I, I was saying it to you yesterday, I'm pretty sure um, for the last year or so, there have been a rise in crime documentaries on, on Netflix. Based but, on my account you know, Yeah, Ted Bundy's conversational tapes, evil genius, yeah. all of them. I've watched so many and that's because we're fascinated with these people who seem to live on the fringe. Mm. And that's what I think this film um, should have been depicting, really. Um, it's, it's, it's man's kind of fascination of people who are not the status quo. And from that, you can then make a subtle reference to the establishment. But it kept whacking you over the head with all these things. The speech by Joaquin Phoenix before he shot the presenter was quite frankly, took away took away from that scene for me, even though it's a brilliant scene. And as I said, there's a classic movie in there, doesn't deliver for me. I liked it. I liked what Joaquin Phoenix brought to the table. Um, I think that my, my benchmark is often against what else is, is out there at the moment. And I think this is sitting above there compared to a lot of material based on the trailers we watched before the film alone I think that tells you that in terms of the the type of film and the quality of film for me it's up there mm. um but probably mainly because of his performance alone really I think to- I'm, I'm okay with that and okay. I think that he probably would deserve the awards that are coming his way I, I would be Totally so the performance okay. alone, definitely. Yeah. Todd Phillips was... And the soundtrack, tr- <laughs> which I keep whispering on about. No, but you, really got, no, really you, got, you got me with your explanation. Yeah. I think Todd Phillips was trying to make a film about the origins of Joker that James Marigold did perfectly towards for the ending of uh, Wolverine in Logan. Mm. I hope that makes mm. sense. That's me done. On that note, we're going to check out. It's been, it's been a real delve into the mind, <laughs> the mind of the Joker. Um, <laughs> go check it out if you haven't I think that 
it's not for the faint-hearted. I think if you like, if you like to leave the cinema feeling happy and enlightened, and just cross this one off your list, yeah, I think. No. Um, and definitely like, comment, share, and get involved. We really please really do. Keen to hear what you think about this film, especially if you have any other theories as to what um Todd Phillips was trying to get across there, because I think um it's one that is open to quite a lot of interpretation and i, of course, I, love, yeah. I love hearing actually other people's perspectives on on what we've seen so we definitely do yeah we hope to hear from you soon take care guys have a great evening and um we'll see you soon thanks for listening okay bye bye